The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Out of the Shadows. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Chavez, joined as always by Jim Clark. Hey, hey. And uh, we're back with a doozy. Yes, we are. A big doozy. <laughs> this one, uh, for folks who know, they've been listening to us now. They know we're following along with uh, the documentary in, t- uh, in Search of Darkness, right? Um, and uh, so we're at, these, we're at this film today. Um, I don't even know how to get into this because I've never seen I had never seen this film before until this. Like a lot of the f- movies that are on this list, I've seen. I'm a huge fan of horror. I a huge fan of 80s horror. Like I just absolutely love the 80s genre when it comes to uh, or the 80s decade when it comes to horror. Um but I had never seen this and the only time I'd ever heard to it um referred to was in the film or in the documentary. And to be honest, watching the film I don't remember what they said in the documentary. Like I didn't remember much of, of what this was at all, to be honest. So watching it was kind of watching it with fresh eyes completely. And, um, uh, there's a lot to talk about here. I'll tell you that as I'm watching this and even after I watched it, you know, I sat with it for a minute and there was things I was breaking down. Um, I don't know about you, dude, but when I finish watching the films, a lot of times I'll start looking online. I'll start reading like articles, like maybe reviews from when they first came out, how people first took it. Um, you know, maybe maybe find some tidbits of information, little cool pieces of trivia, knowledge, history, things to inform, you know, what I had just seen, so that I can really kind of dissect and and sit with what I thought. Uh, yeah. This this definitely, I have a lot of thoughts and- on this one. For sure. I have a lot of <laughs> thoughts on this one. What about you, dude? You've never seen this or you've seen this before? Uh, no, I've never seen it before. Okay. Um, but I don't know, dude. Uh, <laughs> we're we're re- reviewing horror movies, and I don't know if I'd consider this Thank you. exactly a horror Thank movie. You. Real quick, let's just uh, say the name of this film so the folks at home listening know what we're talking about. <laughs> we're talking about uh, Brian De Palma's Dressed to Kill. Do you find me attractive? Of course. Would you want to sleep with me? Yes. Then why don't you? Because I love my wife, and it isn't worth jeopardizing my marriage. I shouldn't have been so rude. Thank you for picking up. Mm.
Brian De Palma, the master of the macabre, who shocked audiences everywhere with Sisters, Carrie, Obsession, and The Fury, now invites you to a showing of the latest fashion in murder. <coughs> dressed to Kill, Michael Caine, Angie Dickinson, Nancy Allen, Dressed to Kill, Murder, Made to Order. Brian De Palma, let's start with this dude. So... Brian De Palma. Now, granted, Brian De Palma is a horror director. Yeah. I mean, he's directed a whole bunch of stuff, but he is known. He he. I mean, the guy did. Yes. Carry he, so that's the thing, right? Like right he makes his bones in the horror genre with Carrie, and that's the thing. Yep. So this is why, like, when you hear Brian De Palma and this film, you know, and when you're hearing this film referred to as being a horror movie, you don't think to yourself, "Oh, wait, this." There's no way you hear Brian De Palma. You're like, "Okay, cool, it's going to be a horror movie," and you're right. You could. I mean, it, there are horrific instances in this film, but yeah. you're right, dude. More for me, um, thriller, right? Like psychological thriller, yeah. Yeah. suspense. Yeah. Uh, did you did for you sure. get did you get tones of Alfred Hitchcock throughout this film? Yes, I did. <laughs> that yes. whole kind of way of trying to build suspense and doing these things. Mm-hmm. So yeah, definitely. I don't know that I would go with with thriller. I mean, or or with horror. Um, yeah, right. I was thinking the same thing, and I was there. that was one of the things I was going to ask you. Say, would you consider this a horror no. movie? Because it definitely wasn't like, at least what I would consider a horror no. movie. Exactly. And compared to like everything else we've been watching, you know what I mean? Right. And I think the only and everything else we're going to get into. Exactly. And I think the only thing you could really say in terms of horror is the horrific moments. Those moments that you yeah. consider really horrific. That's the horror part. I mean, everything else, there was, However, there was a little bit of mystery, right? Like almost a, a, a mystery, too. Yeah. Mystery story, um, detective kind of a story, but like horror is really stretching it. But even those notes are, the way they were hit and the way they were done were more, like I said, to me, thriller than horror. Because, yeah, you'll have those so, same notes in both genres, yeah. but it, it depends on how you pull it off and how you do it. That really defines. Yeah. At least, like I said, to me, defines what what genre you fall into. I agree. So, so this film, Dressed to Kill, is about there's uh, there's there's some, there's a woman that that you know we follow at the beginning of this film who is not sexually satisfied. So you find out a lot of the themes in this film are have to do with sexuality and yes. the way people respond to certain things sexually. Um, so this woman is not satisfied sexually. She's played by um, um, Angie Dickinson. Mm-hmm. Um, she sees a therapist about it and and discusses things with him about her unhappiness in her sexual life. Um, we also see her kind of get involved in a tryst, this kind of like out of the blue, you know, sexual encounter with a stranger, which this, I mean, telling you, dude, we're going to go into this a lot because there's a lot to talk about <laughs> and, and unpack with this. So this happens. Um, and then she's murdered, right? She's killed. Like about after, how long was she in? It was like 20 it. minutes. I got it right here. Hang on. Uh, oh, where the fuck is it? 
35 minutes into 35 the movie. minutes into the movie. How long is the movie? Almost two hours, or is it an hour and... Uh, it is... Where am I looking here? Uh, it's... What the hell is it? It's all right. It's an hour and 44 minutes. Okay. So she so doesn't almost die a, for 35 minutes. Yeah, you're minutes. talking about almost a third of the film. She's in yeah. almost a third of the film, then she's killed off. Uh, and then we find out this is where it becomes a detective story because there's a there's a a prostitute who who witnesses this and she befriends the son of the woman that was just murdered and they're trying to figure out who killed this woman. Um, the cops the cops become involved where 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 there's this detective that is threatening to arrest the prostitute because she was found with the weapon. Uh, unless the prostitute can figure out who did it, then she won't be arrested, right? Uh, that's basically what he tells her. He says, figure it out or I'm going to yeah, arrest yeah. you. We're, again, there's a lot to unpack with this film. <laughs> um, and then, you know, there's, uh, you know, they, they come to realize that the murderer is possibly seeing the same therapist that the mother was seeing this woman that was murdered. And so, uh, that's the mystery. They try to figure it out. Right. Uh, spoiler alert. If you've not seen this, stop listening because I'm going to, I'm going to spoil the end here. Um, go back and watch it, come back and listen. So for the folks who've seen this, as you guys know that the murderer turns out to be the actual therapist, that he's got this kind of dual personality, this, this feminine personality that kind of gets disgusted at the male personality, at the sexuality. Anytime he kind of gets aroused, you know, this female vert that comes out and, and, and kills and, and, and just basically dampens what's, what's happening. Um, and we find this out because, you know, earlier in the film, the, the therapist is seeing his, his, a psychiatrist himself. And later on, the psychiatrist explains that this is what this dude's been dealing with. That's what happens in this film. Now. Yeah. The easy, the, uh, the short end of it. That's what happens. Let's get in into it, dude. We walk out of the theater. I look at you and I'm like, dude, what'd you think? Um, like I said, mislabeled, not a horror movie. Aside from that, I did enjoy it. It was it was good. Um, real quick, let me ask you real this. quick. I would have said the same yes. thing to you. Stepping out of that theater, I would have looked at you and just been like, "That wasn't a horror movie, dude." <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right? Like I was in um, the, I was ready for horror, and it was just kind of like there was suspense. There was a lot of things, and that that we can talk. We're going to talk about here soon, but but horror, it was not. <laughs> but how many? Okay, let, look at this. How many times do you go into a movie expecting one thing because it's how it was yeah, marketed to yeah, you? Yeah, always. And and that happens a lot, way too yeah. much. And that's a shitty thing it, to do. Don't do that to me to just get my fucking money. Yeah, and it does get it does get to that point where you do you become because I get there's people, and I think you were saying there's certain things that now you're trying not to watch uh, trailers anymore because you just don't want movies yeah. given up or or even to be misled. You want to go into a movie, see exactly. it, and experience it. And I think that's becoming more and more of a thing with the way people are, you know, these companies and agencies are marketing films, uh, the way they cut trailers and make them look a certain way. Yeah. Um, yep. But yeah, this film. I should have been, I should I should have stayed in Hollywood and I should have just edited movie trailers together. <laughs> hey, you can do it from honestly. Buffalo now. Everybody's working I, remote, I could. bro. Everybody's I working could. remote. Yeah, um, absolutely. Could. So okay, so uh, so yeah, dude. So so this film is not horror, but for once we get past the fact that it's not a horror film for what it is, what did you think? I enjoyed it. It was um, it was really good. It was uh, it was like a whodunit yeah. kind of. Uh, who done it with a little bit of a spin? Um, now let me ask you this: When did you realize that it was actually Michael Caine who had this? You did no, not till the not till the thing towards the end. 
yeah, I didn't. I had no idea until until he was in the room with uh, Nancy Allen's character, and she was asking him if uh, he wanted to fuck her. Mm-hmm. And then he looked at the mirror, and that's when I knew. I was like, "Oh yeah. shit, dude!" Yeah, <laughs> they did a really, really, really good job of, of hiding that and not giving that away. You know what? I, I don't was, know I why that slipped. I didn't even put like I didn't even notice the mirror. I, I so I watched it a second time through just just to uh, to be mm-hmm. you know pull the curtain back a little bit. So I watched it a second time through. Um, earlier this morning because I just wanted to kind of refresh myself with with what I was seeing. Uh, dude, that time change threw me straight off this morning too. Let me address that. Like I'm really? planning to get up earlier than normal. <laughs> and when I woke up, I was like, oh, crap, that's right. It's an hour later than it is right now. I'm yeah. already behind in my day. Um, so anyway, I did watch it a second time through. And in doing so, um, even the scene at the very beginning when when he first shows up to kill her in in the elevator there's it really does a hard freeze on his face and starts to zoom in knowing now you can kind of see yeah. it you can you're like oh you I can still can't see it i still really? can't i still can't it doesn't look like him it's it's and really good like, too though even after the movie was done i was like wait a minute was that <laughs> him or did they have somebody else playing that yeah. role and I, I even like went back and looked to see, and no, it was him. Yeah, I was dude. Like, no way. Yeah, man. dude. So I watched. So no way. Watching it a second time through, only at that point would I have noticed. But it didn't like so because it didn't look like him. It's only because I knew it was. It was like I could see the features slow slightly. Yeah. But in the moment, you know who it looked like. It looked like Sasha Baron Cohen in a, in disguise. That's okay. who it looked like to me. <laughs> and obviously, it's not. You know. Um. But yeah, dude. Um. You know, I didn't realize it till then. And that's when I was just like, okay. But when I did realize it, when he showed up and he, that's what he was doing, in my mind, by that time in the film, I had already gone, okay. Brian De Palma's just like, no problem, man. I'm just going to do Psycho, but kind of updated and, and, and just twist things yeah. around a little bit. Because it's like, dude, it's the little, it's almost like watching Psycho, right? Yeah, we have, it kind of was. We yeah. have the main starlet who you know you think is the protagonist that gets killed about a third way through the film right which by the way was fantastic like you you start your movie and then you kill your your, your main that. character dude when, half when, hour when craven did that in scream with drew barrymore like for oh, me yeah. i was like this is genius everybody but this was took just it like, even further this guy she lasted 35 yeah, minutes yeah. man this wasn't just like your intro just like, like janet like, lee she, in psycho Yes, you know? dude. Like you think you're and following a character. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to pull that off, but they, they did it very effectively. And then when she dies is when we meet who the main the, the character is character yeah. movie. That's... And we don't like there's no overlap until that right. point. You know what I mean? Right. And to just transition into that and still have that, you know, because you're walking that line of like, okay, I'm introducing you to a new character who you haven't met yet, and you got to build that relationship and have that care for that character. And to be able to do that in this situation, in this circumstance, was just incredible. Yeah, no, for sure. But yeah, for me, I was like, because at the beginning of the film, there was a lot of things that were taking me, make it, like I was watching this, and I was thinking, man, the, like De Palma, and I've never noticed it with his other films, but in this film... It's really like it really has an Alfred Hitchcock flavor. It really has this yeah. weird kind of you could tell it was almost like he was watching a bunch of Hitchcock films and then he did this film because there were certain shots that he did that I was like that's very Hitchcock, right? 
Yeah. There's an entire sequence, bro, from after he talk, she talks to the, the psychiatrist and goes to the museum. From the museum mm-hmm. all the way up until she's getting killed saying, no, 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 there's no dialogue. Oh, no, that's not true. Really? There's dialogue in terms of when she was talking to him at the cab. But think in about cab, how yeah. long it went without talking from that whole entire museum sequence, right? I got it. It's uh... And Hitchcock... Six minutes. It's just six minutes of just observational yeah. watching what's happening, right? And and the music and room noise, in the a lot of ambience. You hear the room yeah. noise. You hear things, people talking in the background. And Hitchcock used to do that all the time. He's got a lot of yeah. scenes where his character is sitting in their in their own silence. However, you still hear things that are happening in the world around them, which is rare with movies. Yeah. You know, usually in movies, you see someone sitting in silence. They'll build it with score, and you're not hearing the ambience of the room. You know what I mean? Hitchcock did that a lot. And so I'm watching this going, man, this is very Hitchcock. Even the back and forth cat and mouse game they were doing, dude. I was like, this is so Hitchcock, dude. See, and I like <sighs> that because I, I'm big on realism. Yes. Make it real. Make it real. And and by doing that and adding that um, that ambience in the background, it kind of sucks you in. It makes you feel like you're there more. In the room, you know what yeah. I mean? It helps you get lost in it. Yeah. And it makes it that much more real. Yeah, the shot for sure. You know? So that was already making me feel like Hitchcock. Um that sweeping camera motion right when she first comes out and then you see she notices him in the cab, but you don't know why. Mm-hmm. A normal director would yell, cut, next shot, zoom in on the cab or close up on the dude in the in the cab. You know, like that's a normal director, right? De Palma mm-hmm. goes from her and just sl- not even a quick zoom, like, you know, swing. It's a, sweep, a yeah. slow sweep across, and you're literally seeing people on the street, on the sidewalk. One woman just literally is looking at her and then follows her gaze to the cab, and, like, it's it's so Hitchcock, dude. It's so Hitchcock. So much more intimate. Yeah. So Hitchcock. No, I hear um, And then, like I said, the murder scene reminds me, first of all, she's murdered a third through the film, like Janet Lee in, in Psycho. Janet Lee is in an enclosed shower, you know, very vulnerable mm-hmm. and yes. hard to get away, right? And these kind of quick yep. striking motions where at first you don't see the, the strikes connect. Same thing, except she's in an enclosed elevator, can't get out. But then it's that, you know, we're in the 80s now, so De Palma takes it a step further and now shows the gore, shows the slicing, like yep. shows that actually But happened. even still, it wasn't overboard. Exactly. You know? So so yeah. much of it was this very Hitchcock, bro. And then all the way to the end, where the killer was somebody dealing with mental illness that was dressed up as the, you know, the feminine kind of thing that was messing that was in his mind. Like I was just like, yeah. like when that happened, dude. In my mind, I was like, that's it, dude. He did it. He just it was just it's basically Hitchcock. <laughs> you know what I yeah, mean? dude. It was uh, like I said, dude. It was well, well, well executed. Um, I'll, I'll tell you though that opening scene is. Uh, where you're coming in through the bedroom. Yeah. My apartment. I know you haven't been to my new apartment, but I got a big sliding glass yeah, yeah, door yeah. that leads to my patio. And I'm up on the third floor. So when it's dark and it's night out, you can see right up into my apartment. Oh, yeah. And typically, I don't care. I don't mind. <laughs> I leave my shades open but all the time. But now you're watching Dress to Kill and you're like, fuck that. But I'm sitting there. I'm watching this movie. And then we come in through the bedroom. And I'm like, okay. And then we're in the bathroom. I'm like, okay, naked woman. Okay, no big deal. <laughs> naked woman. But then it's still going. And I'm like... Okay, maybe I should close the blinds. <laughs> so I closed the blinds and then I played a movie. And it keeps going and going and going and showing more and more. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm glad I closed those blinds, man. Could you imagine, bro, that people would be like, yeah. that's, the, that's the pervert dude. He's always watching porn. 
Um, but no, yeah, seriously. That again. So De, that's something that De Palma's known for, though. Like De Palma's known for a lot of these very long, extended scenes. These scenes that kind yeah. of just kind of keep going, and you're just and whereas normal directors would break, would cut away to do things. You know, um, he's always been very known, well known for the, these like, kind of long, extended, drawn out scenes. Um, which you know, again, we've said this on the show before. I'm a huge fan of of setting tone and feeling when it's executed mm-hmm. right. Doing that, I'm cool with it. Um, to to me in this film, though, a lot of it really felt a, so Hitchcock that I was just like, it does. It feels like De Palma, but it also feels like Hitchcock. This this movie, yeah. and maybe it was the score too, like the way the score accompanied these scenes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but dude, yeah, overall, I liked it. I thought it was a, a really cool film. I really, really dug it. I yeah. thought, you know, this was cool. Uh, but there again, like I said, there's a lot to talk about and unpack in this. And for, for me, it's it's the writing. <laughs> okay? Yeah. Story's great, but so many different times. And you have to remind yourself you're watching a movie because you're just like, oh, come on, dude. <laughs> come on, yeah. bro. This isn't happening. <laughs> um or, you know what I mean? Or like, what is wrong with some of these people? Um, let's go to the captain, bro. Let's go to the guy who, the, the police captain, uh, who's played by, what's his name, from NYPD Dennis, Blue, dude. Dennis Franz. You know where I know him from? I know him from Die Hard 2. Oh, yes. Die Hard 2. Exactly. Yes, that's where I know exactly. him from. Exactly. Uh, but he's yeah. a very, very, very young man in this film, even though he still looks older. He's he's young, much younger, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, so he yeah. So they initially go, uh, try to no. They bring the prostitute in. They, she's a witness, or or and then he says something along yeah, the lines of like, "How do we know you didn't do it?" or something like that. Because she had the knife. Yeah, Remember the knife the, fell out the, the elevator. Blade, she yeah. had the knife. The uh, the hotel worker saw her yeah. with it. Yeah. Or yeah. The and so she's blade. telling her story, and he's like, "You know, well, you're gonna have to prove it." <laughs> he's basically yeah. saying, "You know what." I'm going to arrest you unless you do your job, my job for me. You go do my job. You find out who did it, and then I won't arrest you. If you don't well, do that, you're going to jail. they couldn't corroborate her story. They couldn't corroborate her story. It's just Nobody funny, dude. Like, he didn't even think to no, himself, like, let me investigate myself. Let me go in and ask questions and go, like, let me go beat the pavement and do my job. <laughs> He's like, no, you go do this or I just arrest you. How about that? <laughs> I'm just gonna sit in my office, and you can go do my. No, it's only because she's a prostitute too, right? Like, like yeah. a wealthy, you know, businessman comes in, and he's dealing with shit too, and he maybe even like this guy's not like, all right, you know, you go out and do my job. This cop's gonna go well, do it. If the roles were reversed, and it was a uh, um, uh, Nancy Allen's character that was murdered, yeah. and uh, the uh, uh, the sultry housewife who was. <laughs> holding a razor blade it would have been different yeah, like said okay true, true. you're fine we're gonna figure this out you're right you that's I mean? true that's true so yeah that yeah. that character though man when he was like when that line came out he's like you know figure it out or i'll arrest you i was like or you're going to jail i was like he literally just told her go do my job or else i'll just arrest you like it's easier for me to arrest <laughs> you than actually do my job yeah. um so that part was kind of funny to me uh and then there was you know there's other scenes in this film like Again, you could tell this is a Brian De Palma film. You know, he he he, he mm-hmm. loves he loves the the sex. He loves his his kind of like making sure he's he's got those women on screen. But uh, really, well, Nancy bro, Allen, I'm pretty sure was his wife at the time. Was was she? Yeah, and he wrote that role specifically for her. I I'm think, talking about uh, what's her name, um, uh, Angie Dickinson's character. Yeah. So for yeah. this character, right, um, we have a character who oh, at the, the opening terrible, sequence, dude. um, she's 
either having a dream. So I, I couldn't tell if this was supposed to be a dream she was having where she's being raped in the shower while her husband's shaving and just right out of reach. Or was she fantasizing that while they were having sex in the morning because that's the only way she could get off because he's horrible. Because that's why she goes to the psychiatrist and talks to him and says she's yeah. upset with him because he sucks in bed. Yeah. So, so yeah. first of all, like, it's a woman that's that's dealing with this. But even if that's the case, even if she has to use fantasy to get where she needs to get, and even if she's out there seeing another man and hoping to flirt and hoping to get some sort of reaction to make sure she has some sort of you know she's still attractive. And and Aaron brought this up, and I never even thought about it. But when she brought it up, it made me think about it even more. She, she saw that, and she was just like, "Oh my god!" You could tell a man wrote this. I was like, <laughs> "She goes, even if all of that happens, right? The second the man pulls her into the cab that way, you're not going without screaming. Like it becomes terrifying. Then no matter what, no matter oh, yeah. once that second yeah. happens, it's terrifying. And she's just into it. This then the second piece is the cabbie gets starts watching. A regular woman would be like, oh, shit, there's another man here. Like, now I'm in danger. Like that right there. Like you said, you'd be screaming, number one, and then you see the cabbie watching. Okay, now I'm thinking, are they in on this together and they're both kidnapping me? You know And this woman was just, okay, cool, and then went to the place and still slept with him overnight, right? Yeah. Like, well, through most of the day. So part of that, like, some of that was, uh, you know, and then, and then, right, so... Not knowing this film, not knowing what it was, just knowing that it's dressed to kill, and you see the way you see the cover of it is this woman putting on nylons, right? Like all kind of whatever. Mm-hmm. So the assumption is that the the killer is going to be a female, or or someone's killing off females, right? But when mm-hmm. I saw she sleeps with this guy, and then she finds out that he's got like Department of Health papers that say he's got a venereal disease, he's got a fucking VD. So he's literally giving it to her on purpose. My mindset, my thought is, oh, shit, she's the killer. She's going to kill him. Like, she's all pissed off that this happened, right? Um, yeah. Dude, there was so much in it where I was just like, that. that's a little weird. The story itself, I mean, if the, I think if they would have been executed in other pieces, like I said, I liked it. I enjoyed it. I thought it was really cool. It was a really good movie. But there was those things I have to just pick at and just be like, oh, come on, dude. Like, like. <laughs> And Aaron's right, no, and that was my you. instinct too. Is there's no, I don't think I've ever. It doesn't matter. There's no woman in the world that once she's snatched off the street is all about like, oh yeah, give it to me, baby. It's not yeah. happening. It's not no. even in the seventies. It's not happening. Even in the eighties, it's not happening. It's just not happening. It's not happening in any decade, dude. <laughs> you know? Oh god. No, I hear you. I didn't even. I didn't even but think it was funny. It, Maybe it's because I am a guy. That's that's the thing that be that that kind of sparked a conversation with me and Aaron about yeah. that about the difference between a woman seeing the way a man writes something and the way a man sees the way a man writes something, and then a woman seeing yeah. the difference in a woman's writing and a man's writing and how they would both approach that subject to, at the same time. You know what I mean? Um, it was it was kind of a cool d- discussion that we had about it, and it sparked an idea for a future podcast. Side note, uh, it's going to be a little show called "You Could Tell a Man Wrote This." <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> and it's basically a woman watching watching men's movies or TV shows that that they write, and just being able to say, "This is why you can tell because this is, would never happen, or this is not how a woman would react, or this is not what a woman thinks." It was interesting. Yeah. It was kind of quite an eye opener. But th- seeing that, I was just like, "You're right." Like that does seem kind of weird. Um, but again, it's Brian De Palma, man. Brian De Palma wants to kind of make it so that you know that's what this woman wants. That like her, 
she's so depraved of what she needs physically that she's willing to let a fantasy of hers kind of play itself out. Yeah. Well, I mean, but look, you're also talking it's the time period, too. Yeah. You're coming out of the 70s, you, you know, which was preceded by the 60s, which was free love. Yeah. And now you're going more into the 80s where these movies are going to be that, – that's how they're drawing people into the And let's not forget, like, material. rape wasn't even a crime, like a crime crime until – what was it, the, the 80s even? Or when was it, 70s? Oh, or, like, no yeah, like women being raped was kind of like, okay, well, we're sorry that happened, but, but it wasn't on the level of crime that it is today. Like it was a yeah. oh especially today, do you know what I'm saying? So, Today's a whole other world. So like for 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 us, I guess that you could see it's dated too, right? You could see this is dated yeah. in terms of the acceptance There's that some a other woman's just gonna kind of go into dated. what she wants to. Uh, yeah, but yeah, dude, that was a, that was a little. And then like to me, also like really, the prostitute and the son become this dynamic duo. You know <laughs> what I mean? It be, it's be, it's it's an it's an eighties psychological. Yeah. Th- it's a product of its time. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, really I, did is. Enjoy I did like it. that. I did though. enjoy it. Yeah, no, and I like that the kid, you know, I, that that's a very '80s thing, not just in horror, but just in general. The young kid making his own inventions, doing his own little gadgets <laughs> yeah, and gizmos, right? and science was, was like, such a big right. thing in the '70s yeah. and '80s that like all these young boys were into it. Inventions, yeah, yeah that was cool. Uh, yeah, um, you know what I really liked in this movie was how he would he would show something. And you wouldn't necessarily notice it. And then a couple of minutes would go by and then the character would remember it. For example, her wedding ring when she took the ring off in the apartment. He, he showed it sitting there on the clock. He yeah. showed it. And then she left and then she, that's when she came back. Yeah. She came back to get the ring. And there was that. There was her panties that fell in the car. Yeah. And then there was, there was something else too. But like... He he shows you what happens, but it's not like it, there's enough eff- emphasis on it. But then he comes back to it later, where he tries to make you think, "Oh shit, what happened to that?" Yeah, and then he shows you in a split like, screen. It was here. Don't you remember yeah. seeing it, or don't you remember this yeah. scene and why she's thinking that? Yeah, and that that yeah, split screen yeah. thing too kind of reminded me of Hitchcock. That kind of like that that where yeah. it showed the panties thing, where she was sitting there thinking and was like, "Oh, it was very Hitchcock to me." And then, like the split screen with um, with uh, Nancy Allen's uh, character and Michael Caine's yes. character in their own apartments with the same show on the TV. Yeah, that was sweet. That was that cool. was really cool. Yeah. So those because are- I had always I had always thought of that like um, like doing a split screen where uh, my idea had always been like somebody's walking down the street and they're going to step into the street and one side they get hit by a bus. But on the other side, they don't. Oh, so you see They're what like happens on two different. So you see, yeah, both sides of what happens. You know what I, I mean? I feel like that's. Yeah. Have I seen something like that before? I f- there may have been something almost like. Oh no, there's a film that what's his name? Ah, uh, God, Joseph Gordon-Levitt was a part of, where oh, him okay. and this girl meet on a bridge, and they decide something happens, and it's they decide to go one way or the other way, and they make that decision right there. And I think it's they split up to go. So like one goes one way, one goes the other way. And then the film follows what happens when, when one chose one way and the other way and then vice versa or something. It's, it's something like that. I, I'll look it up and, and, and send it to you, see if you've okay. seen it. Um, I don't know if it's a split screen, though. Never mind. Uh, anyway, um, back to this film, dude. Yeah, this, that, that, I love that technique. I loved it. Like I said, yeah. this movie looks good, too. It's a, it's a very nice-looking yeah. movie. The cinematography in this yeah. is great. Director of cinematography you know, did a really good job in terms of you know, framing certain shots and, and, 
and the directors, I mean, you know, De Palma as well. A lot of his choice of sweeping shots or specific camera angles really lends to how to, you know, how the emotion of this film it, it progresses. Certain tension, yeah. certain scenes of tension, you know, there are these kind of moments. I love the scene in the in the um in the elevator when he's slowly doing that swiping down, right? And they, she's trying to stop the Mm -hmm. elevator and it's all kind of in slow motion, but then there's certain shots where it just looks like they're all just standing there posing so that they could get the shot. You know what I mean? Like there's zero movement happening, but it's all done to make it, to give this effect of like when you're in, you know, a heightened state of that kind of, of terror, everything seems to slow down, right? Down to the most minute thing where you notice everything, even to the point where, he does a slight close up on on uh, uh, what's her name who plays a prostitute again. I keep forgetting her name. Uh, Nancy Allen. Nancy Allen's face, right? And you can see kind of the shimmer of light go across her eyes from the blade. Yeah, it's like this. The blade. Yeah. It's such a cool like sequence, dude. It really is, dude. I'm yeah, yeah I'm a huge fan. I thought it looked great in terms of of cinematography as well. Yeah. Um, and the acting was awesome too. I, Michael Caine, dude. I, I love Michael oh, yeah, Caine. Oh dude. He's, oh, he just Michael seems Caine. like he'll such forever, a cool dude, right? Like a yeah, chill. He'll forever be Scrooge, dude. To for me. you? He'll forever be Scrooge. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah. I've seen him in a lot of things. Yeah. Oh but yeah. He's just dude. always. Secondhand Lions. You ever see that movie? No, I've not seen that one. That is such a good movie. It is a good one. But this uh, is, uh, this one was good, man. I like the character he played and he played it well. That first time, that yeah. when you don't notice that, right? The first time when he does that thing looking in the mirror, it's just almost kind of like you think he's a married man who just got propositioned that literally is looking at himself going, yeah, don't be stupid, right? Like that's that's yeah. what you're thinking. Or, or should I? Should I? Maybe, maybe, should I? That's what you're thinking but, initially, yeah. right? And then and then later yeah. as you realize what's happening, it's it's brilliant. It's, it's such a good kind yeah. of like just even the look on his face. There's this kind of deadness that kind of happens and that's when you realize oh there's a switch now right like now that yeah. other the, the, that, that female came out and was literally looking at this woman going no i wouldn't jeopardize my marriage like basically judging this other woman is it worth it to you to jeopardize your marriage you know what i mean like what's wrong yeah. with you yeah. uh dude great i thought that was good he was great see now okay so let's go into the social commentary of this do movie, it dude okay? yeah so i feel like this movie's very dated Oh yeah, with the oh, content yeah. that it had, and, big time, and and I mean, okay, so that's obvious, but um, I think for the time period, it was very progressive, and it yeah. and, and I okay, think they I set out to do a very good thing. Um, however, when you I still when felt, you say in terms of progressive, are you talking in terms of the fact that um, they were. Uh, you know the fact that it was a, a, a you know a woman that was the, the 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 female the prostitute was kind of the one that you were pulling for as the hero here or no 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 okay. not that I'm talking more so uh, transgenderism okay yeah gotcha um and and oh, trying yeah. to okay. put that in a good light because you're, you're you're looking at the 80s okay this movie came out in July of 1980 give or take June 1981 is when the AIDS epidemic started. Yeah. And you're starting to really, you know, uh, more so homosexual men start looking at, you know, society was starting to look at well, them. You're, in a yeah, really you got to look. At, you got to look at the '70s too, dude. The '70s when, yeah. when you know they they had the riots in New York City. Um, you know the mm-hmm. the the gay activism and all that stuff too. So that is coming. We're coming out of that, you know. So where it's more yeah. aware in culture, this idea of. 
uh, of gay men, uh, of gay women, of trans, the idea of transgenderism, right? Like you're right. Yeah, no, yeah. that's very, you're so right on that, that yeah. it's painted because they don't talk about it as a sickness in this film, the transgenderism. It's, it's this idea that he feels like he wanted to, right? Wasn't that this thing? He wants to get the, the surgery or something, or he wanted to, to, yeah, transition? he wanted, well, the female, I can't remember what it was, how, how they was explained it? it. Yeah. I think it was the male part of him didn't want to have the surgery and the female part did. That's why she went to the other doctor yeah. to get the approval for right. it. Um, That's what it was. And then anytime that he had any sort of sexually arousing feelings, that's when she would come out and start right, killing. To stop it. Yeah. However, granted, yes, they did try to uh, paint um, transgender individuals in a good light. And they, you know, they showed that by, however, the, the they television. did make him a murderer. <laughs> And but that's the thing. They used his his um, transgender feelings as a mechanism for some sort the of story. psychotic psychotic. Yes, it, it's thing, like they yeah. exploited it and painted that in a bad light, and it kind of overshadowed what I felt like. It that part kind of overshadowed the good part they were trying to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, year later, once the AIDS epidemic really starts happening, and and, and it's all in more so of a bad light going back and watching this movie i don't know how that would have looked yeah yeah you know what i mean there's a lot definitely in this film um that definitely doesn't stand up to today's standards even yeah um, but overall as 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 a period piece and the, and the times that it was i thought it was a good telling of the story um yeah yeah, you know, I think they set out with good intentions. It just has an age that. But way. there are the you, you know, know there's I mean? a lot of different pieces of social commentary in there in terms of how they treated you know a a sex worker. You know. Yeah, yeah. Nowadays, yeah. you know, things are much more progressive than they they were even like say five years ago, right? In terms of oh, sex yeah. workers and the idea of shaming and not shaming sex sex workers and literally looking mm-hmm. at it. Um, not as as somebody who's below you or or a dirty and like person. dirty right. and yeah. yeah yeah so it's a more of a it's just a regular job right dude. it's part you know it's something yeah. that somebody wants to do and so so but back then like look at it the way that the cop treated her like I said it was this yeah. idea yeah. of I'll just throw you in jail it's easier to do that than waste my time with some nonsense story that a prostitute's telling me do you know yeah. what I mean um, so yeah you could definitely see see different things in that. Um, yeah, man, it's uh, it's it's very interesting. It's and it, then at the end they did the uh, the info dump of like how the surgery works, yeah, and everything all like that. that. Stuff. And again, I feel like that was a a way to paint it in a good light, bring it out, explain yeah. this to people so that they they are informed and have a little bit better of and not the myths that they're hearing in their locker rooms exactly. or in the hallways yes. at school or at the water cooler at work on what that means. And isn't that reflected in the, the old lady at the table next to them and like her reactions yeah. when she's hearing? Yeah, this. exactly. You know I mean? Exactly. No, yeah. you're right. You're a hundred percent right. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. interesting. It's interesting to see that in that light. Um, but again, we got to come back around to horror film. It wasn't, you know, it just wasn't a horror film. It was a thriller. It was psychological. I think there was a, there was some other things in there that you could say suspense. Um, <clears throat> but the horror. Oh yeah, know, no, for sure. Even the, even like the, the gore, it wasn't over the top gore. It was, you know, it was very kind of slight in this, in some of the stuff we were seeing. <clears throat> yeah. Overall, dude. I mean, I did, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it for what it was. Uh, I always will. I think. I, well, I can't say I always will. There's there are horror films from the '80s that are just bad. They are just bad. <laughs> yeah. But this one, I can again, I can see why this made the list for Into the Darkness. Um, it was definite. It's definitely one of those that 
And I think for what you pointed out, to be honest with you, I think that the fact that it tackled transgenderism, that it tackled things like that, uh, kind of makes it an important film, a super important film, regardless yeah. of how... Well, yeah, like I said, especially for that time Yeah, period. regardless of how you know? out of style it may be today, right? Like, we're in a day and age mm-hmm. where people look back at pieces of work and go, okay, done, don't show this anymore because of that. If you, uh, you This is a film that, you know, and I'm a huge proponent for just, just let people know what they're about to get into. You know, let them know that this yeah. is... This is a, this was made in a time when certain things were said or certain things were presented a certain way or you know and and so it's un, to understand the times so that you can understand how far we've progressed now right it's it's yeah. informative in that way you know you were talking about how progressive this movie was in in that respect and then how, uh, in the respect with the sex worker um, however let's step back okay that opening scene with uh, I can't remember her name in the shower Janet Lee yeah. Or no, not Janet Lee. Uh, 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 not uh, Janet Lee. Uh, Angie Dickinson. Yeah, sorry. Yes, Angie Dickinson yeah. in the shower. Okay, and they're showing her naked body. Right. You right? can tell a man wrote that. <laughs> well, no, but I'm I'm watching this. I said that's not the same woman. So that's not the same. Oh, woman. the body double. You know yeah. what they did? Yeah, they had a body double. The body double agreed not to take any credit in the movie, and they wow. told Angie Dickinson to say that that was her body. Wow. Yeah. See? Yeah. See, dude? Like, I mean, and we know this, right? We know this. When, I mean, it's not new uh, when you hear that kind of treatment of women in Hollywood, especially back in those yeah, days. For that sure. exploitation, you yeah. know. Mr. Harvey Weinstein's film's coming up next year, or the 1981 decade. Uh, yeah, I know. So, yeah, dude, um, you know, that doesn't, that doesn't surprise me at all, you know. Like I said, there's yeah. a lot in it that has, that has, there's, you, you, you can find issue with. There's a lot in it that you're just like, ugh. And we're gonna find that. Uh, we're gonna find that throughout. Dude, this, this is the eighties. Throughout the it yeah. is the eighties. Well, and, yeah. and and just it's the eighties. But then aside from that, it's horror, and that's what and that's what the horror genre did in the eighties. Yeah. A lot of it was um, was a lot of exploitation of females. Yeah, and you know I, what I mean. And we're gonna see some films here where they they turn that on its head. Texas Chainsaw Massacre Two, um, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. And they and they paint these women in, in good positive uh, positive ways right. and they're strong. Right. You know what I mean? And but a lot of it is just exploitation. exploitation it really is. And I think yeah. well, and I think what um you know and, and it's discussed a lot in the film. It's discussed a lot in that documentary Into the Darkness. Yeah, and it's yeah. discussed from a female's perspective. So I don't feel like you know in in this regard. Uh, because typically, you know, you don't want people listening to us talk and say, "Oh, these are two men saying what women should think." Exactly. And feel. Yeah. But yeah. However, and yeah, you know, basically, what I'm doing is is re- repeating what the women are actually saying, and so for them, you know, they really feel like, you know, depending on how it's portrayed and how it's done, it can be important to the film because the idea to the horror, you know, when you when you think about it, it's horrific because a, a woman who is naked is at the most vulnerable. Like that's when you're so vulnerable. Like that's the most oh, yeah. terrifying thing is for a woman to be completely naked to whatever can get at her and attack her. So that's what, you yeah. know, and, 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 you know, and I'll be honest, let's all be honest, really, you know, a lot of the men who wrote and directed and, and filmed these m- movies, that wasn't their intention, really. A lot of their intention was, yes, we do. We just want to see naked women in our films. But when you really look at it, on, on you know, unintentionally, what it's really doing is it's it's really showing that the horrific piece, like that's a really horrific and scary place to be, is completely nude yeah. or or in this way of being vulnerable. Um, but yeah. again, you know, we do know that 
a lot of these women had to deal with a lot of uh, of shit. Um, so it's hard, dude. It is hard to do to do sometimes when you want to really understand and empathize with that and know that it's wrong. It wasn't okay to be that way, but you still really enjoy the genre. Or you understand it's a, it's a, it's a two sided thing. It really is, and I yeah. think it always no, will be with really anything is. we're doing as a society. We yeah. continue to kind of grow, right? And so we kind of look back at our even us, dude. You know, you look back at yourself and the way you said or oh did things God, when you were ten dude. or or eight, nine, ten, eleven with your friends. Ten years ago, dude. I'm like, holy shit, dude. I can't believe that's how I was. Do you know what I'm saying? But can't believe I was that much of a douchebag. But the point like, is, is you grow up and you, and as long as you yes, learn and you, you evolve change. as a human, right? It's you shouldn't ever kind of it's i don't know i don't even know what i'm going with here i don't want to i don't want to get on a soapbox but this film itself yeah has a remember lot we're, we're two we're two men sitting here talking yeah so and this is about talking about the film as a product uh yeah. we don't want to go too deep in social commentary but when we have to we will because there are points yeah. in these films that you know horror is important because of that it, it's a commentary on society it's a commentary on where we are in the world, you know, a lot of times you'll see. Well, and even just, yeah, the, a lot of just, the, just a commentary on on some of the subject matter in these movies and how it translates, whether intentional or unintentional. Yeah, exactly. How it translates to society and what's going on at that point in time. Exactly, but yeah, you know? Dress to Kill, dude. It was a, uh, it was pretty good, dude. I mean, like I said, yeah. overall as a film, a solid story, and I can see why it was on the list. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely for sure. Sweet. What's the next one? What do we got next? Uh, Fade to Black. Ooh, I've seen this one. I've never I'll seen be interested to I'm see. Say, I say this every time, but you're going to hear me say that a lot. I've never seen this one. A lot of the 80s ones, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Cool, cool, cool. All right, man. Um, I guess it's time for us to get out of here. you have anything you want to say before we head out? I don't believe so. We're, uh, we're, I don't think we're so. halfway to becoming invincible for about a year, right? Yeah, we're halfway. <laughs> and then we're invincible, and then, it, it, and then after a year, we have to uh, – we got to get injected again. Uh, yeah. But folks, yeah, if you're able to, man, like, you know, there's the, the, the vaccines out there. Um, and I'm not somebody that's telling you you have to or you should or you shouldn't. But if you're able to, you know, and and you're um, and you were thinking maybe you should do, go ahead and do it. I'll let you know. We got the first shot. We didn't do the second one yet. I haven't gotten sick. I haven't done that whole gimmick. But, uh, man, get ready for that arm pain, dude. <laughs> Well, it's weird, man. Like that I said, arm. my arm hurt. You said your arm hurt. But then I've talked to people who said they were absolutely yeah, fine. But, it, but, it, so, but it's I a possibility. Know. Be ready for it in case. Yeah. Yes. Or there's also the possibility that you have a, you get kind of the uh, a chills fever for the night and then you're fine the next day. Yeah. Uh, but other yeah. than that, it's not too bad. Um, but continue to wear your masks. Try to be safe and uh, enjoy life, I guess. I don't know. I'll probably cut that out. That's nonsense. Um as always, make sure you check out the website, BICBP-radio.com. There is a number, there are a number of amazing podcasts on there, awesome content creators. Go check them out. Throw them some support. Um, other than that, for Jim Clark, this is Chris Chavez. We are going to remind you to keep your eyes on the shadows. <laughs>